Well, thank you for that. That's a great weight off my mind. Now, I mean, if you wouldn't mind telling me who the fuck you are, apart from someone who feeds people to pigs, of course. Do you know what nemesis means? A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent. Personified in this case by an honourable cunt. Me. takes today on movies and maybe fast food and taco no taco johns i've heard about it it's exciting we are going to talk about snatch today that's my selection here from the year 2000 in the year 2000 and it's, it should be a good time of course we'll give our quarantine viewing picks and it's me travis and eric send them an ipod at gmail.com we have no emails today feel free to send one in uh travis i heard from our diehard cinema nine fan dave horning He's the first person to bring this up to me. I'm curious if either one of you have heard this from a previous listener. But he said that we should always include the coming week's movie in the show description. We announced it at the end, but I've never written it in there. What do you think? Oh, I like to keep it a surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. So if you fire up the episode on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you click on it, you might see the spoiler right there. That's true. I drive traffic to the episode, not just be like, all right, what do we got next week? Okay, don't need to listen to the episode. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Dave, the people have spoken. Sorry. Uh, but I'm excited about this week. I'm excited about going to the theater soon. I think I might actually return to the theater this year. Wow. I don't believe I went to the movie theater last year, guys. I honestly don't think I did. I don't think you did either. Yeah. I might I be did. the first. It's been a long time. Wow. Yeah, I'm not proud of it. I'm very sad about it. But uh, let me know if you've been to the movie theater. Cinemaipod at gmail.com. Give us a five-star review. Subscribe. Our YouTube's blowing up. We've had a big, big push on the Universal Soldier video for some reason. I don't know why, but it's it took off. Wow. We already had 1,000 views on it, which for us is a big deal. And I also posted some previous pods that I was backtracking on, including Gremlins, which <laughs> is <laughs> the video version of Gremlins is now available. <laughs> On the cinema, I know Luke would be thrilled to hear that it's available on the Cinema Nine Pod YouTube. All right, so cool. Well, we get a quarantine viewing picks, Mr. Travis Roy. Well, I uh, I didn't really watch anything. I mm. went down to West Virginia for my name's oh. 90th birthday. 90? Oh, uh, you think I'm yeah, 90? No. And uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> I was wow. staying at uh, at my mom and my stepdad's and. There's a lot of Fox News because, like, he's, you know, it's been 20 years of him with just, like, Fox News is on. Like, even if he's, like, doing other stuff, like, listening to podcasts and stuff, Fox News is just on. You turn it off or turn it down. He's like, why'd you do that? Um, (laughs) And it's fascinating because it's like getting news from a parallel universe, like, one that's close to our own but not quite. It's interesting. So I actually didn't watch, yeah, I watched, you know, fucking Jeopardy and Snatch. Snatch and Jeopardy. I hear that Alex Trebek died recently. Uh, not that recently anymore. Well, what's recently to you, by the way, though? Because I've had a few arguments about what recently kind of five years. Ends at. Five years. Five. Okay. Look, I mean, if I say like, "Hey, I was talking to someone the other day," that could be six, eight months ago, and that's fine. 
But recently <laughs> does not mean five fucking years. That's half a decade, friend. <laughs> oh, boy. Settle in. This is going to top our presumption assumption debate from last week. Get ready. Uh, Eric, what about you? What do you see? Uh, wow, it's coming up quick. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, Harry and the Hendersons. I went Love back. It. I went back. It's been a hell of a long time. I used to watch this every single day. So I decided to hit play and... I was touched. I was touched. I was bawling my eyes out at the end. And you, you know, were? for uh, are you joking? Yeah, the Cry, only thing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like I can survive. You I don't want you anymore? Yeah, I, dude. I, I, I'm at a point where I can survive the old man at the end of Home Alone, but there's no way I'll ever be able to survive Lithgow's face after he hits Harry. And Harry looks back at him like, "Why did you do that?" But it, you know, for all this, all these years, I always remembered this being as like the story of like the kids' experience with Harry and like how they yeah. bonded with him. But no, this is a beautiful story about a, a man bonding with an animal. Yeah, and you don't see a lot of stories like that unless it's like 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 Marley and Me or like like the Richard Gere dog hey. movie. Like hey, this Rouge. is a beautiful story about a man bonding with an animal, and. There's not really any laws. It's still just a great story uh, from start to finish. The effects, I'm blown away. Like, Harry would be a stupid cartoon nowadays. There's no doubt about it. He'd be a stupid animated cartoon, and you'd feel nothing for it. But Rick Baker's gorgeous animat uh, animatronic work is unbelievable still to this day. And it's 35 years later. Somehow, so you were just on this tear of choosing all the movies that I, I was going to pick. Like, this oh! Back-to-back <laughs> -back weeks. Sorry. That's my I'm fault. Sorry. I, mean, I could have chosen them earlier. It's on me. Mr. Holland's yeah. Opus was waiting for you. It was. Incredible exactly. film. It's not his yeah, fault. Great it's movie. It's not, um, it's not my fault. Also, I want to see George Clooney as uh, Lef that, the, the hunter in the remake. <laughs> Leferve? Yeah, Leferve. Lefleur. Um, it's the flower, right? Listen, I... I, before my big selection, I did go back and watch two Philip Marlowe adaptations starring Robert Mitchum. One was uh, Farewell, My Lovely from 75. It was a great hard-boiled noir. It was cool. fucking awesome. Uh, and then they made a follow-up, The Big Sleep. And it, it was horrible. It was horrible. Which sucks because I was like, I'm on board. This is like, they're taking like these movies from the 30s and 40s and like, they're keeping it in the same era, but they're updating them so they can be rated R and they can have gritty violence and stuff in them. So I was like, farewell, my lovely. This is fucking awesome. But they blew it on the sequel. It was horrible. Um, and then I hit play. I, I, I rented Dream Scenario. I spent the $6 and rented Dream Scenario. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, I saw you alluded to it in the text thread. Some new, new Nick Cage movie where he shows up in people's dreams. Oh, that, oh okay, I know that yeah, one. I didn't know the He shows up in people's dreams. Yeah. This premise is fantastic. Did they deliver on this initial premise? Uh, yeah, yeah. The movie's really good. Awesome. Does doesn't stick the landing, but it you know it's it's it it's not a detriment to the film. Overall, we got a very good uh, film, and in my opinion, <sighs> Nick Cage probably hasn't been this good in in a hell of a long time. He's great in Pig, but he like can, like throughout, like, he's just fucking awesome in this, and he's not just like doing Nick Cage. He's actually doing like a character. Um, which was really refreshing. The movie's great. Uh, I haven't really thought about it since, and I'm trying to. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, a movie like this comes out in like 2004, and I would watch it like every day after I first saw it. But like, do you guys like watch movie like newer movies like multiple times like we used to back in the day when you just like watch it over and over and over again? Only the Batman. Uh, I watched Pig a few times. I really did. Yeah, I've seen Pig a few times. I mean, yeah, uh, and then some of the superhero stuff I watch that repeatedly, but I don't, I don't yeah. watch movies over and over again the way I used to. And I think that's yeah. not so much about age as it is about the podcast. Uh, I got a lot. I more, agree. Yeah, I got a lot more interested yeah, in like right. you know, seeing what else you know, just covering more ground. I guess as we. It was one of my goals this year for the show was to like watch more movies that I haven't yeah. seen. I, I wrote it down in a note around New Year's. Like, I need to watch more movies. In fact, maybe I, I tried to pull off a total bullshit uh, obligation <laughs> of, I will not watch a movie I've seen this year. <laughs> I remember that declaration. Classic. You were very adamant about that. Like sure idea. was. Full of <laughs> shit. It's worth the $6, though. Uh, it really okay. is. Uh, it fulfills the conceit when a lot of movies would have had that great premise but not known what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who this filmmaker is, but like he's this Christopher is a Morgley? 
yeah, this this Swedish guy or something, but it's, it's a bag. It's 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 great. Awesome. Check it out. And I gotta say that is it. Yeah, I don't know any of his previous work. The altruist, uh, sick of myself. This is all might be more Swedish stuff that I wasn't uh-huh. familiar with. So, internet mm-hmm. famous. He did a short in 2014. Oh fuck! Greatest night in pop. Greatest night in oh. pop. This is a <laughs> yeah. must see document. Oh, I almost watched great. it again last night. I almost watched it twice yesterday because I want Ange to see it. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it's. It's just so fascinating to see yeah. like 40 superstars like like. Being, they're not exactly real people because the egos are out of control. But like, just to see how they do in this situation, insecure, embarrassed, yeah. shy. It's vulnerable. it's really vulnerable. Thank you. Fascinating. I lo- loved it. Fucking loved it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I got it. I have for this week's. Is it safe if we record? Uh, I have a uh, counterpoint to "We Are the World" that I found. I'm looking forward to sharing with everybody. So it'll be good for a laugh. I hope. But I need to see that one. I need is it to Bill Pullman playing saxophone? <laughs> <laughs> I've had like, so many laughs about that over the last week, Travis. It's oh so man, funny. I just, I just feel like in the shower, like brushing my teeth and just start giggling. <laughs> start I know. I did it. I did it at work the other day. I was in between clients telling me some of the most hardcore shit of their lives. <laughs> Burst out laughing, thinking I about the sax. I watched the clip of that. Oh, boy. Man, Bill Pullman sex. To me, the funniest thing about it is the fact that like it's really him doing it, thinking that it sounds good, and then like you talked about it on "Is It Safe?" and Luke's like, "Well, I think I actually kind of respect that." I'm like, "What? That's the funniest part." <laughs> it definitely brings more hilarity to the scene. I would agree. <laughs> to me, anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, if you missed that, check out our Lost Highway episode. Spoiler alert: There's a saxophone scene. Um. So I. Threw it on because I forgot it so quickly when I saw it the first time. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. I did it. Because oh. we did Hot Tub Time Machine a couple weeks ago. How'd it yeah, it's hold horrible. Up. Yeah, terrible. It was rubbish then. Is it the same team? Like a it's, creative team? I don't know if it was Steve Pink directing again, but I mean, everybody's there on camera except Cusack. So. And Adam Scott's a good substitute for Cusack. I oh, think, yeah, yeah, right. Mangoes, but right. Uh, it didn't work. I don't yeah, think yeah. it was Steve Pink. I feel like it was. I, I would have I loved to have liked it too. Like you know, I, it was Steve Pink. Wow, he oh, did direct wow. it. All right, hmm. and corrected. Damn. I wonder if he got John Cusack's blessing, or they had a falling out because of that. Did he have to bless it? Like, please bless me, Cusack. I need to do Hot Tub Time Machine too. Don't you dare ever. Maybe that happened. Mm. All I know is, don't try to approach John Cusack in Chicago when you see him because. <laughs> Your dreams will be crushed. There's like he said he's like number well, I think he's like number three or four on Reddit's biggest douche dickhead celebrities encounters. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. His Twitter presence famous. has made that clear. So young, you know, like a lifetime of people hassling you every time you go out in public would be annoying. You know, that's a fair point to see it from his side. I like that, Travis. Perspectives. Maybe we'll do an episode oh. about perspectives. 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 Tonight I'll great, perspectives. Great white buffalo. Buffalo. Maybe we'll get Tavis Smiley to guest host. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking that it was trash, and it was, so I moved on from that. Right. I got into... Uh, I don't know how this happened. I've never seen the show, but I got into it, and in, this kind of happened last month, and I forgot to mention it, but I started watching The West Wing. Okay. Yeah, I watched the two seasons of it. Yeah, I never watched it when it was out. I think the first season was late 99 into 2000. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Aaron Sorkin creation. Yeah. It's his dialogue. I love Aaron Sorkin's stuff, so I figured I'd yeah. love it. It is, it's kind of, oh. it's network TV. I mean, like. Exactly, and it's a little dated. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's very, like, there's still a lot of hope and promise there. And you're like, well. Yes! <laughs> That's what I was going to say. There's a lot of idealism in that show, and I, I appreciate that. Even by that time, I mean, you had the Clinton mm-hmm. scandal going back yeah. to Watergate, so it's not like America was clueless at the time. But Martin Sheen as a president, always solid. He's always rock solid, and it's got a great cast. You know, you got Richard Schiff. I love Richard Schiff. Yeah. and John John Spencer. Allison new, Janney. Yeah, it's a great crew. Yeah. John Spencer, apparently, that was like his last thing. He stopped making yeah. movies and he dedicated the rest of his career to that show, which was on for about seven to eight seasons. Yeah, and then he passed. Yeah. He died recently, yeah. I believe it was 2017. 
That's not recently. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> that was a good one. You got him. I like it. Uh, also, speaking of Richard Schiff, and I don't know why I did this either because I've seen the show before, but I decided to go back, and I'm really glad I did this because, man, what a shitty show. I went back and watched fucking Entourage. Remember that show? Nope. I never. I, I, it seemed too douchey then, uh, let alone when yeah, I go back exactly. now. Hey, I'll Why? tell you something. It's IMDb rating is eight plus. It's really well rated by the public. Really? I'm just saying. I was shocked by that. I was because huh. yeah, like I know that people liked it, but it's not. It is such a fucking relic of its time. The 2000s. It's so 2000s, and mm. it is dated. It, this show is very dated, but it's also not in the sense that it provides, which I still think exists, this side of Hollywood and this side of men, American men. You know, oh, where they boy. all get together and they're the biggest pricks possible and it's all about, you know, hunting for poon, you know? And that's what that is. That's what that show's about. There's hunting like so poon? many of the same exchanges again and again and again like, between like Jeremy Piven. Which one? Is that like fishing with John? Hunting for poon? <laughs> I wish. That's funnier, <laughs> I think. But this show is... I'm glad it exists because it does accurately kind of represent that world and those types of people, which still exist, but... It's not a good show. It is so repetitive. But it also has a few moments that are kind of on point about the movie business. So I will say that, but not worth going back to it, if, especially if you were never a fan. You didn't miss anything. I'll say that. Okay. I feel validated. <laughs> Yay! You're validated. Thank you, Jesus. All right. CinemanIPodGmail.com. Thanks for being here. We love doing the show for you. And now we are going to move into... Snatch, a movie called Snatch. 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 Year 2000, directed by Guy Ritchie, who is known for a particular style of directing, I would say. If you see a Guy Ritchie movie, you know it's a Guy Ritchie movie, except Aladdin. It's I didn't Aladdin. see that one. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see, see that, that one. But uh, this is a movie that was very popular, at least with my age group. You know, we were 20 years old when this thing came out. So, Travis, I'm pretty sure you remember when you saw this film? I don't remember the first time I saw it, though I do. I did see it in theaters. I know that much because I was working with our dear friend Eric Albert Brandstrom at, uh, at Blockbuster Video at the time. So we were watching everything that came out. So when Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels came out, we were all over that. And uh, uh, at least I was all over that and loved that. And a lot of our friends did it. I can't speak for Eric, I guess. But uh, so when Snaz came out, I was I was on it. I was ready. And uh, that was this was pretty fresh off of Fight Club, and for um, you know shirtless Brad Pitt to be back in the ring again, people were ready, were ready for that too. So I definitely definitely caught it when it was new. What about you, Eric? We uh, memorable moment with Snatch once upon a time. <laughs> um, I rented Lock Stock when it came out and hated it. I think I turned Ooh. it off. But I was still excited because this was, yeah, it was three months after Fight Club, the phenomena. So I was like, oh, Fight Club 2, pretty much to my uh, youthful mind. Uh, got to the theater, Star Southfield immediately uh, on opening Ooh, day. Star Southfield. Yeah, well, absolutely. You. Stadium seating. You might have been there. And I remember everyone, at least I was with, shuffled out quietly. We were all like, uh, we, no one liked it. <laughs> but we all got the poster from Beyond the Wall in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Even though we didn't like the movie, we all got that poster. <laughs> Man, the star was before you imagine oh, theaters yeah, locally. Dude. The star was like that's the a big premium. deal. Yeah, stadium seating, like costumes yeah. from movies in 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 the hallways, unreal. Yeah, cool. Memorabilia in the hallways. There was they like had Gary Oldman's costume from Bram Stoker's Dracula at yeah. the Star Southfield. You get to look at it before you went and saw a movie. For real, it was like the red fucking yeah. thing that yeah. he wears. It was cool. unbelievable. Yeah, uh, the old old Dracula, not not the red yeah, thing that he wore, Vlad. But yeah. um, and then and of course to... they spelled it Gary Oldham. That's and right. Made a did. point <laughs> to the manager many old. times, and he wouldn't change it. Gary Oldham. Gary Oldham. But it was also like one of the few places we could go locally, and it was like an hour drive to see <laughs> a lot of independent films and stuff. That's right. Playing elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Beautiful Southfield. Lovely Michael? trip to see movies at the Star. For me, yeah. Eric, I definitely saw this movie for the first time on DVD. And I believe it was at the Knob Hill Apartments in Okemos mm. back in 2001-ish. I, I missed it in the theater. And I had not seen Lock Stock. I wasn't familiar with it. But once I saw Snatch, 
I, I got into it. It was exciting. And I remember, I think Brandon had the DVD at that apartment. We watched it a lot because we only had so many DVDs. Mm-hmm. And I went back and saw Lock Stock a few years after that. But I had I had missed that one initially. So it was a good time. Somebody probably well, you know, smoked weed. That was also, you know, maybe because we were talking earlier in the show about re-watching movies and how it's changed some because of starting the pod. But also with streaming, you have everything. You know, in the early 2000s and stuff, you had a finite amount of DVDs in the house. So you'd be a lot more inclined to rewatch stuff back then. Unless you worked at Blockbuster Video and could bring home a new movie every night, guys, right? That's true. There was a lot of that. Talk about perks. So (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted to, we're going to do the IMDb rating here, but I just want to let you guys know that there was a 2017 attempt to do Snatch the TV show. I remember hearing and, about it, but it apparently fell through, huh? Yeah, it stars uh, Rupert Grint of Harry Potter fame, the redheaded guy. You know, the, oh, did it actually like air some episodes? I, apparently, I there's two yeah. seasons of this shit. Oh, it was in 2017. Oh shit! Yeah, okay. It, oh, it was like for, it was like for some you know like Cinemax or some shit like that. One of those one of those channels <laughs> that no one actually has. So probably, yeah, it's available on Vudu right now. If you want to, oh. good old Vudu, Vudu. <laughs> you guys like racist? Uh, Vood, yep. See, Papa Shango. Papa Shango. Yeah, we were talking about this for the show, man. Yeah. Yeah, the same Papa cliche Shango. stereotype: black people being exploited in wrestling. I mean, when can things change? When can yeah. everybody finally be exploited equally in wrestling? I'm yep. waiting for Kamala that day. from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Kamala is that a real wrestler? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, Kamala, Ugandan giant. Ugandan giant. Wow, yeah, I don't look know it that up. One. I got Junkyard Dog, Papa Shango, uh, Leroy Brown. There was that guy in the 2000s, but I, I didn't really watch wrestling anymore. I, was but out. I saw Behind the Ring about it. It was cool. He, he had a really like positive, inspirational story. Anyways, Travis, you want to chime in on this? <laughs> I got no, I got no input on wrestling. You know this. <laughs> you know, All right, boys, it is time to guess the snatch rating. <sighs> what do you got? I'm I'm thinking a lot of people liked it back in the day, and a lot of them probably haven't revisited necessarily it's one of those movies that i think culturally was you know well received i'm gonna say low set i'm gonna say 7.0 that sounds good man Uh, i'm thinking people that had the poster didn't see the movie still rated it high (laughs) 7.1 do you guys ever rate a movie ever have you honestly ever rated a movie without seeing it oh without seeing it no no i would no i wouldn't do that i would not dare i I agree But Eric's right. There's probably people like, oh, I'll just rate it without seeing I, it. Some people probably do that. I, I I treat it. I know IMDb is so fucking rigged and you should not take it seriously. But to me, I, I treat it as like sacrosanct, you know, like I, <laughs> I, I labor over my fucking ratings. And then I'll like read someone's review and they're like, well, that was a piece of trash. But, you know, people are being mean to it. So 10, 10. Like, oh, what? okay. What? All right. <laughs> There's no basis for your review. How dare you? I agree. We take it too seriously, and that's okay. All right. I'm going to go. I agree with you guys. Low sevens here. I'd say it's a 7.3. Sounds about right. Mm. Just to go up a tad. And okay. 8.2. Wow. What? That's high. This is one of the I'm highest stunned. ratings we've ever seen on this show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I, I'm stunned. It has to be that. And almost a million reviews, so it's not yeah. shy. This yeah. is a top. This is rising in popularity on IMDb. It's in the top 500 right now. So, yeah. really, poster effect. Yeah, so huh. maybe this is a good time. Hey, dude, we'll get a lot of views for doing yeah, this because that's hey, all we baby. care about. We do it for the clicks. Do it for the likes. The clicks. We're just doing it for the clicks. All right. So, 74 mm. percent on the thermometer, which is a rock solid tomato, and the audience mm. even higher than IMDb. 93 percent. They'd love it. 93. That's certified fresh. Hit the brakes here. Something's up. (laughs) I'm telling you. I mean, clearly the fans of this movie are not shy. They want people to know about it. Um, (laughs) Review wise, let's see who we got. Haven't heard from Destin in a minute. Would love to hear from Destin today if we. uh, Mm, 2000. He'd he'd be working out there. Uh, How about. How about Pablo Viaca of Cinema Encina? Como, oh, como, dire- <laughs> <laughs> como director Guy Ritchie, Paris star se divertindo durante todo o filme. 
So he had fun watching the whole movie, I think is what he said, right? Yeah, I guess. The critics, he gave it a fresh red tomato, so I do know that. Uh, Peter Travers, Rolling Stone, Once Upon a Time, he said, he's not breaking new ground with Snatch, merely fine-tuning the knack for disreputable kicks he showed in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, it it very is much a, a, a spiritual sequel to Lock, Stock. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, if we talk about where we are now with, you know, the MCU and, like, you know, universes of movies, absolutely. This takes place yeah. in the same town. And a lot all, of the same actors pe- in different roles. But right. you're right. Like, it's the same town, like, same underground, same style, same fucking shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. And isn't Bullet Tooth Tony, that was actually his character's title? That's the only one that was actually the character who was in Lock Stock, I believe. No, he was. A, he played a different character in the movie. He wasn't Bullet Tooth Tony? Shit. Mm-mm. I was leaning on that one for decades. I didn't even research it. I just assumed <laughs> that was true. Nope. Uh, <laughs> how about Terry Lawson from the Detroit Free Press? All Long right. ago, Terry said the following. Snatch just seems aggressively smug, like a doorman at a club that too desperately wants to be coolly exclusive. <laughs> What? This guy got turned down from a couple clubs. <laughs> he is. He, yeah, absolutely. He doesn't have a lot yeah, of doormen something friends. Something against doormen. Yep. Literally. Uh, Anti-bellhop. Mr. Roger Ebert. Ebert. The movie is not boring, but it doesn't build <laughs> and it doesn't arrive anywhere. Okay. Oh. Huh. It's not boring. Yeah, I agree. Glowing praise. And the one and only Dustin Thompson. Oh, he is our guy. I'm ready. Bring it. All right. Long ago, January 18th, 2001, Dustin Thompson mm-hmm. for the Washington Post said the following. <gasps> if stories don't happen fast, funny, and powerful enough for you in the movies, push your way into the queue. This flicks for you. Not his best? This, this flicks best. for you? Dustin. Yeah. I believe that's what it says. Oh, this flicks for you. That sounds like the end of a, you know, a larger piece, obviously. But uh, yeah, okay, well, it's always nice to hear from you, Des. <laughs> uh, Lisa Schwartzbach for the Entertainment Weekly. It's not a sequel, not a remake. It's reheated Richie. <laughs> mm, that's good. That's good. Reheated, reheated Richie. That's good. That's really good. That's, that's outstanding. Well done. So. Uh, where it lands, who cares where it lands? It is entertaining. I would agree with Roger Ebert. It's not boring. Uh, the story <laughs> is filled with characters, and there's a lot of shit going on here. But in the end, it's just about gangsters and criminals doing dumb shit. Largely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when it started, like, um, it started, and I was expect. I, I came in with preconceived notions, like, this is going to be so 2000. This is going to be so, like... I, I didn't remember, but I'm like, I guarantee they're going to do freeze frame credits about the characters. <laughs> and they did. Oh, I was yeah. like, see, told you out loud to myself. But, you called that? But, 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 yeah. But before wow. they did that, I'm watching this in fucking credible sequence of scenes, which is followed by the surveillance cameras. And I'm like, somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing had that idea. And I'm like, this might go in a different direction than I thought it was going to my take on the um, that sequence of following the CCTV screens mm-hmm. was that they went to go film it and realized that the fake nose that Benicio del Toro is we- wearing while in Jew face. Oh, no. oh. and Jew face uh, alert! Uh, and they had to, you know, try another another tack. <laughs> We wow. can't completely show this. Is there any other way? Do we have any other footage? Because it's completely what? unbelievable. As soon as you see him in a, for that flash of moment, in co- and you can even tell through the CCTV, it looks like a man in a fake nose. <laughs> Intentional? Yeah. I don't think so. He's supposed to be fooling people that he's another man entirely. That is true. And he's filled with guns under his body and when, this is not a big deal but it's a beef and so when the security guard is doing the metal detector thing on the wand <laughs> yep, uh, yep, yep he only finds it in his dong he had guns up here like it was yep. he's not a, that's not how that works i thought that was pretty weak i gotta movie. say it i I'm, I'm pretty sure that's intentional because one of the my favorite things about this movie is there's aside from those security guards there's no cops like there's no <laughs> police anywhere. Yeah. It's yeah, just the, the un, yeah, it's just like the underbelly and all the criminals dealing with each other. They don't even bother showing them. 
which I think is kind of cool. I think that's setting you up like, look, cops are fucking clueless and stupid in this world, so we're just going to have them be dumb and clueless, and then we're going to get them the hell out of here. Well, the, the criminals are pretty dumb and clueless themselves in this world also. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. That's a great point, though, Eric. I never thought about that point of view. And you're right. Maybe that, that does bring me into the film a little bit more, and I enjoy it more that we don't have to do the cops versus bad guys yeah. thing in this. Yeah, it is better without that. It's a good call. Uh, I... The movie has two intros, though, in my opinion, which is unusual. Yes. Because it's got the black and white CCTV intro, mm. and then it's got the freeze frame. Do, 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 which is, I love that. I, I don't care if it's like cliched or played out. I, I just love all those freeze frame. Everybody's character caught in a moment, <laughs> their face, with that. The music in this sh- movie is awesome. I love the soundtrack for this film, and that's something I'd say much sooner than I usually say than other movies, because I really dig it. For the most part, yeah. There's a there's a couple uh, tracks, or I don't, I, I can't tell necessarily if it's score or or soundtrack. But um, I'm kind of like, ah, that's very kind of techno techno 2000. But overall, yeah, I agree that this the soundtrack's strong, and uh, it keeps like because it's such an energetic movie, and the, it's strongest when it has like kind of like this erratic jazz thing and what's going on for some of yeah. it, and the, and then it kind of gets into some like kind of like techno electronic stuff too that yeah. works for some of it. For, for, for a great Oasis track, you want to bash Oasis? Listen to "Fucking in the Bushes." It's a, it's a great song. Well, and oh. also the Golden Brown kicking in. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's one of the greatest uses of of that song in yeah. film. It's, it's been used in film yeah. a lot, but it re- it's really effective in that. And scene. the songs aren't—they're not. Uh, you don't get your classic songs like, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. you, you can. Fresh. You know what I'm saying? It's fresh songs mm-hmm. like B sides and um, uh, yeah, just glim hits that you don't you're not used to hearing. Mm. Whoever put the soundtrack together went out of their way, and they really, there's a conscious effort in this movie. I feel more than other films that the music was really important to kind of reinforcing the energy and the style of the film. And I I dig that when that effort is made and it, when it works. Although I did hear that Russian mandolin one too many times, maybe <laughs> every time Boris, you know. But dude, you're hinting at the best. My favorite part of what the music does in the movie. It's following Boris after he gets hit by the car. Then when he goes in the house, it kind of mm-hmm. softens. And then when yeah. he comes back out, it comes back up again. Like he's like attached to the soundtrack. Like he's, he's got to wipe it off himself. It's fucking cool. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so two intros. Who cares? I like them both. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. Also, guys, uh, I didn't look this up. So tell me, is Matthew Vaughn the Matthew Vaughn or no? Yeah, I looked it up. Mm. Pretty sure it is. I didn't know he was around oh. back then. Yeah, a young Matthew Vaughn producing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. He's like one of the first names you see on the screen. So that was surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, also, would you understand Turkish's name origin story? Like his parents died in a plane crash, so they named it after Turkish Airlines, or they mm-hmm. survived a plane crash? It, it sounds like he says that they were on a plane when they met and the plane crashed and then they got married, which they could have survived oh. the plane crash. Seems but, unlikely, but okay. I didn't get it. I was confused. So. I mean, well, I mean, there is lightning fast exposition, exposition getting shotgun, like machine gunned at you for the, especially the, I mean, it starts to cool down a little bit, but there's still a lot of characters to learn, which is like, I think they need to slow down in the beginning when they're introducing the people. <laughs> like, I wonder how unfair that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause there's, there's a lot of exposition coming at you really, really fast, especially early on. Turkish's narrative. Any problems? Yeah, I, a lot of I like that because like it makes you want to watch it again because you're like okay I'm missing this but like I'm enjoying it so much I'm probably going to see this again so I like that he uh, like for instance when Mickey punches out George and awesome. Tommy you know again with that same golden brown scene and Tommy's like crying in fear and uh, there you know and, and Turkish's narration says if he's if he's not praying he should be. And I kind of like that because it's like he's narrating even though like it's stuff that he's not there for or fully aware of. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's it's like a weird sort of I don't know. It's an interesting take on narration. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, it never really bothered me, but I thought maybe it might come up as an issue, and that's fine. I yeah. mean, there is so much to know, and going back to the point of all the characters and all the stuff going on throughout this story, Travis, is mm. all three of us have seen this movie before, so I wonder, as a first-time viewer now, how jarring it might be to be 
like overwhelmed or confused or not understand things. I don't remember being that like confused about the story and the situation. But then again, I'm, I'm not really sure of that recall either. I'm, it's not it's not a very confusing story. No. You know what I mean? But it's also like there's just a lot that there's a lot of characters with a lot of different things going on and it's got to be presented somehow or another. And most of it's being presented verbally. So that's true. And we have I mean, this cast is just low. It's a huge cast, obviously. You got Benicio Del Toro and Brad Pitt who oh, never man. share any screen time together. They're in the movie, of course, but they never meet. And, and, and Brad Pitt never did these kinds of ensemble films and still rarely does. I mean, he did Bullet Train recently, but it's pr- usually if well, he did Ocean's film, Eleven after this. After this, yeah, right. That's oh, what I'm okay. saying. Like up up until this point, he was not something he had done much of to be in the ensemble cast. It was out. Of I guess he loved it though, because that's why he started doing Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. I guess he was like, "This is great. I can just fuck around, and everybody else could do the work." <laughs> yeah, they I wanted him to do a different role, and he's like, "Listen, after the Devil's Own, I can't pull off the Irish <laughs> world. I'm not doing any fucking accents because I simply cannot do them." But I'll do this. Uh, no gypsy roll because I'm going to be unintelligible. It pays off, man. I fucking love him in this movie. He's hilarious. I'm so glad you brought that up because as soon as he... I never thought of it, but once I saw Devil's Own for the first time the last oh my year, God. it was more fresh in my mind. And I was like, oh, well, this is gibberish enough. Who cares? It's fine. Uh, so. He's... He, he was great before this, and he's he's a fantastic actor. What surprised me most while watching this movie in terms of the acting was Jason Statham. Like, Ooh. this is like a swimmer turned, like, male model, and then he, he got tossed into these movies with Guy Ritchie. He's a really good actor. Like, he, he sells the comedy. Like, he knows when to pause. He knows when to be quiet. His delivery is good. And I'm sitting here thinking, man... And he's, he's got action chops. And I'm like, this is 24 years ago. And I've seen these crank movies and the mechanic and stuff. I'm like, this could have been Beekeeper. a really cool action star. But, like, those movies suck. Like, no one really knew what to do with this guy. Yeah, he went down the the Expendables route, basically. And yeah. uh, and that's, you know, that's the choices he made. And, he, and he's done okay there. Clearly, he's got a fan base. And... Uh, that he's became a go-to action star at a time where there weren't a lot of go-to action stars. So I, I do give him credit for that. But I agree. He, I mean, in this movie and and especially in Lockstock, he was my favorite part of Lockstock, and I was excited about his career after this. And I thought like, but yeah, he he went down a path that for me is just it was not a lot, you know, not a lot of resistance there. It was it was easy for him to just kind of do tough guy action shit. Yeah, I had a text thread with uh, Wellico, our friend of the show, Jason Wellico. He sure. loves this movie. It's like one of his favorite okay. movies. And I, I was selling, yeah. Statham decided to be like the international super action flick guy, and he didn't I, really crush well, I'm that. cool with it. I'm just saying like a, a really good action director like Jim Cameron or somebody like, I wish they would have gotten a hold of him yeah, to make a really action. great action movie. You know right, what I mean? kind of action movies he chose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's the case, but you're right. I can't think of another Statham movie where I was like, oh, yeah, that I, guy really... Yeah. I, I'm just not giving a shit. But in this movie, he's excellent. He is. He's absolutely excellent. And this is what the cast filled with Brad Pitt and Benicio and Dennis Farina. Rest De- in peace. Dennis I'm- Farina is Dennis fucking Farina. laugh out loud. Hilarious. Every time he said anything, I laughed out loud. <laughs> yep. I love it, dude. I can't get enough Farina in this movie. He's so good. I wish uh, he'd been discovered earlier as an actor so he could have done more Former stuff. Former cop. Yeah, former cop. Yeah, he uh, Michael Mann. I think thief. Uh, when he was incredible thief. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, awesome. Thief. I love Farina, so I agree. He got Farina and all these characters all over the place. I really don't have a character on screen that I'm like, yeah. eh, well, I can yeah. really do without this guy. And especially Bricktop, who's a guy that I don't know oh my God. who Ellen Ford is beyond that because I didn't do the research on it. But the guy who plays Bricktop, Ellen Ford, he crushes it in that <laughs> role. He's so uh, he just draws me in. Yeah, he's so he's menacing, so but he's menacing. also I don't hate him as much as I should either, which is weird. I I I think that he plays the character wonderfully. Watching mm-hmm. it this time, I'm like, this guy is all fucking over the place. You're gonna make a kill room for these guys that robbed you, and then one of them is gonna be like, oh, give me four days, I'll give you a diamond. Oh, okay. I need yeah. no <laughs> other, uh, you know, nothing to corroborate that. Just okay, I'll take your word, and then I'm gonna turn around and murder this guy's mother because reasons and you know what i mean it's just like well you won't do the fight 
Yeah, no, I know, but it's just like it just it just seems inconsistent. You know what I mean? It just I don't know. He, he it just he just uh, yeah, that was a good some, point. Some of the stuff he was doing just didn't really. They they seemed like they were. It was not his fault. The actor it wasn't Ford's fault. It just seemed like there was some kind of like conveniently written stuff that if you once you stop and think about it, it's like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But it's you know it's going so fast that I never thought about it until I sat down and watched it with pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. know what nemesis yeah. means? Oh, dude, yeah, I looked him up. I'm like, who who the also, fuck is this guy? He's like a harder Albert Finney. I'm mm-hmm. like, where did this guy come from? Who is he? And like, I it's hard for me to be like scared of a character in a movie, but like, sure. he's fucking scary. Like, based on his intentions, what he's gonna do, and just I love the way he delivers these. This guy's fucking awesome. I I did I did fast forward a scene though, Travis. Oh! Yeah, the dog abuse scene and, and I the immediately dog hit fast. Scene. I, and yeah. it's so weird when you get older. Like I use, I would never do that. Like five, ten, fifty. But I, I, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not watching this. I fast forwarded it. Yeah, I don't blame wow. you. I wish. I, yeah, I, I probably should have. I also, know it's a movie, but like it's just so weird when you get older and like how movies can affect you. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I'm not comfortable with that. But also, mm. um, while we're on the topic of Bricktop and dogs, he says, "Pull your tongue out of my ass, Gary." Uh, <laughs> dogs do that. No, Bricktop, they don't. Dogs don't stick their tongues up people's ass or dogs' asses. That's just I mean, maybe up their own ass, but they don't go around licking asshole. Just I mean, oh. sniff asshole, but they don't lick asshole. That's Sniffing asshole as a yeah. time honored tradition amongst dogs. For so. someone who spends a oh, time, Degs. For someone who spends a lot of time around dogs, he just doesn't know what the fuck is going on with them. Degs. Yes. Also, he is introduced, Travis, in reference to your point, as a guy who immediately kills these two guys. Right away, like, oh, this guy's intense, right? In the boxing scene at the opening. Yeah. Mm, yep, uh, he yep. even doesn't even spare the guy who ratted the other guy out. He's like, I got no mm-hmm. time for grouses. And you're like, oh, shit, this guy's hardcore. But you are right. Yeah. He, I noticed that in this movie for the first time. And I agree with that was more obvious to me now. Also, is the guy's name, is it Harold or Errol? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or Earl. Or is it Earl? I think it's, <laughs> I think it's Errol. Errol. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. I think it was Errol in the end if I looked it up. But uh, <laughs> um, Pikeys, is that a bad term? Yes, now? that's a slur. Um, I thought we is. weren't supposed to say gypsies, and we could yeah, say Pikey. What I, like, what can we no, say? Those are both slurs. So you Vag- can, va- vagrants? No, what do we no. say? I mean, well, so, so, like, okay. So, as I understand it, and I'm pretty ignorant about this sub- subject, okay. but gypsy typically is a term thrown at Romani people, which is more Eastern European and, and ethnicity, or sometimes called Roma people. And then you have the people in this film, which are Irish travel travelers. And like travelers are like, you know, Caucasian ethnicity, but they're culturally um, vague, you know, um, vagabonds. And uh, nomadic and that kind of, no and that kind of stuff. And so, pikey and gypsy, I think they get thrown around interchangeably, but they are 100% slurs. It's not terms that they self apply, as far as I know, for the most part. Oh, no. So, uh, it's an I interesting think... thing in this movie. Sorry to just continue the no, thought no. real quick. But it's an interesting thing in this movie because you have, say, that all of these characters, the Irish traveler characters, <clears throat> which they're throwing the, the slur around and everybody's saying, I hate pikeys, I hate pikeys. And they're not being like, it's not exactly like you know very kind to them, but also, can you name another movie where where there were Irish travelers and there was like being presented, especially to an American audience, where we would become aware of them? Because I had never heard of them until I saw this movie. You know what I mean? It's, so it's one of those weird things where it's like it's both progressive and regressive a little bit at the same time. I think. And the IMDb trivia supposedly. This was a uh, response by Guy Ritchie because people couldn't understand a lot of the language in Lockstock, so he <laughs> took it this far as well. I don't know right. if that's true. This is what it says on IMDb trivia. So, and the, but these are the real American, people. And to have the American actor have like the most unintelligible accent is extra funny. Yeah, and these guys, they're smart as whips. They get over on everybody, so they're yeah. badass. Yeah, I mean, are. they're kind of mean. They're kind of dicks, actually. But, mm. but also, like for instance, they're, I think that they're mean when provoked, though, because... Tommy brings a gun. He brings he brings a big fucking hulking guy. He makes fun of their accent when they're trying to offer him a drink and it, it literally welcoming him into his home. He's making fun of his accent. So you you gotta kind of wonder maybe they wouldn't have ripped huh. him off, but I don't know. Honor amongst thieves. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
hadn't thought about it like that. But I, either way, yeah, he crushes it. Also, something I connected was the pigs, obviously with the pigs eating the bodies, and we get a real detailed breakdown on how much flesh could be consumed <laughs> by pigs, which is great. Um, and it made me think of Deadwood immediately. I'm like, oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, the pigs at Deadwood were a crucial aspect of the entire town of Deadwood because it was Woo. Woo's pigs. Woo's pigs, brick tops, pigs. Who you got? Email the show, cinnamonipod at gmail.com. <laughs> fuck off? How many yeah, times does somebody say fuck off to anybody? Now, fuck off. Often. Very often. I think it happened like eight times. I tried to keep count. I might have lost track. <laughs> One or two. So. Well, I mean, this is 2000, possibly even pretty close to 2001 after uh, that review. And this, I mean, <laughs> the whole Tarantino com heist comedy, gangster comedy, Elmore Leonard, get your, all, it's been done. Mm. So it should have been so over. And maybe these critics are just like, it's come on now. It's over. Enough of this. It's derivative at this point. Um, but yeah, man, what, looking at back at this, like, I think there's, there's room, there's room for one more on this elevator here. As far as his voice is concerned, I dismissed Guy Ritchie, man. I hated Lockstock. Uh, and I, I was fucking bored in the theater. I just couldn't get into this world. I guess I couldn't get into this world. And I remember not being able to get into the train spotting world. And that's probably just me. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, you, but yeah, I mean, scene. you got through that, didn't you? No, I, I fast forwarded through that. Oh, you that fast forward that one too. Really okay, rough. Well, you are consistent. But yeah, I mean, like, the same movie just kept happening. Eight heads in a duffel bag. The same movie just kept <laughs> happening in the '90s, and this was like the tail end of it. Uh, it it's just odd. It's just you, you don't see a lot of these nowadays. I mean, when's the last time you saw like the crime caper comedy nowadays? Well, he did the Gentleman in 2019, which is a Guy Ritchie film again with an ensemble cast starring okay. Matthew McConaughey. Fuck, yeah, I like okay. the Gentleman. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking the Kingsman. I like the Kingsman one oh. too. I like those. Yeah, especially the first one, other than the, the butt fucking reference at the end, infamously bad like moment that. in film. But um, <laughs> I've never seen that, so I'm totally out of context on that. It just sounds funny for some. <laughs> I mean, minor spoiler because it's also a ten year old film. Like a character saves like a woman in distress, and, and like it's been like a totally normal movie. And she's like, "I give anal for that" or some shit like that. You're like, "Oh, okay, oh, okay." <laughs> Sudden right. butt fuck reference. Got right. it. Just kind of randomly thrown in there, but um, yeah, no, I, I. I I think that um, there is some... Okay, if you took Dennis Farina's character from this and you took Dennis Farina's character from Get Shorty, Get Shorty put them yeah. side by side, other than saying booby every now and then, there wouldn't be a world of difference, let's be honest. <laughs> and I then, think the, writer's that, fun, the writing's funnier in this, though, for him, for sure. Sure. I Yeah, I can, I can echo. Although, I, I don't know, he's got some pretty great lines in Get Shorty. But anyways... And then you take—I uh, I always forget the Russian dude's name that plays Boris the Blade. Love that guy. Rade Sherbega. Remember when he was in Batman yeah. Begins? Yeah, yeah. and cool. he, he was the guy with the coat. Nice coat. Nice coat. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, a lot Come of on. them are stepping into roles. I think they're pretty like comfortable playing. Uh, what's his name? The guy playing Bullet Tooth Tony is playing Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones again, a again, very fucking similar. football does, player, and he does, he's, he's, does great in this. Yeah, but it's also the same fuck. There's a reason Mike thought it was the same fucking character from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels because it's the same character in a lot of ways, just with a different name and a bullet somehow magically lodged in his teeth. So I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, it's there's there's some these were not stretches for these actors for the most part. Well, that's fair, and this is a Guy Ritchie movie, and I think we have to talk yeah. about Guy Ritchie, the director. Please, his style. I don't know much about him. <laughs> really? Are you, are you being sarcastic? Like, like, where is he? Like. <laughs> My, my my big point is because I think he works so great with actors. Like every performance in this movie is a ten out of ten. So like, how does he work so well with actors? Like, what what is his background? That's a great question. I honestly British. don't know. Other than he was in the film business, yeah. But he probably idea. had something more. It says that uh, he was born. You know, he was born once upon a time. Oh, but well, uh, he's alive. Wikipedia he's, the podcast. <laughs> he said after watching Butch Cassidy the Sundance Kid. As a child, he realized that he wanted to do movies. So, now we know. Makes a lot of sense. Now we know his background. That's it. That says everything about us. Also, at yeah. 15, he dropped out of school, and then he got a job as a runner on a film, and that's how he got his first gig a couple years later. So. Yeah. He had a Lifer. natural knack for it. Right? Aladdin. Lifer. Aladdin, I did not see. I, Sherlock's, uh, Sherlock movies are good, though. Yeah, I do. I like both of those. Yeah, those yeah. were... Uh, I like his style. I don't... You know, he's he has a very specific style the visuals and the music and the 
freeze frames and the spinoramas and the uh, the spinoramas are not okay for me. It's like it's like you're gonna do freeze frames and jump shots and like these spinning. It's like okay, okay, like this is all this flashbacks. Is like, yeah, yeah, like sudden like, flashbacks. Calm down. I get it. We were all influenced by Quentin Tarantino. I understand, but like, <laughs> let's just slow your roll a little bit, guy. <laughs> Yeah, but I like I you know overall I like his movies. I don't I'm not seen every single Guy Ritchie movie, but the ones I've seen, I generally like them. I think he's oh, yeah. trying to do his own thing, and I appreciate. Nothing. Yeah, I appreciate that without it being too cheesy. I mean, his films are violent, and the language is salty, which I'm down with. That's you know I'm a I'm a red blooded oh, male from the United States of America. I Oops. love violence, so yeah. Well, the thing is, they say a good director, when he's setting up a shot, is going to first make sure it makes sense compositionally. And second, it should be interesting. And, like, mm. every shot in this movie is is interesting. There's flair, there's style, but I not not once. And I'm, I'm the first guy to be like, style over substance. Get, over, get your head out of your ass. But, like, <laughs> I had no problem just because it, it's, like, it just is such a fun movie. So I was like, go for it. Well, I think he keeps this, the story really... It, it, it's kind of a convoluted story but it's also it, i think it's intentional that who cares about the story it's like who cares who has the jewel who doesn't i think it's just about the characters interacting with each other well, so maybe, i think the style just makes everything more fun I, mm, so i think he, like who cares about the story I, yeah. maybe he was telling himself that as he made this movie because i'm watching the movie and you have this big sequence that takes place where uh, Lenny James and his whole crew, oh. they back up the car into the van that oh, Benicio yeah. Del Toro's character's in. And all of a sudden, like in the in the time that, they're, that they've got him locked in that van, Dennis Farina's character flies across the fucking ocean. <laughs> On a concord. And, and the <laughs> night falls. And okay. and then and, and is Benicio unconscious this whole time, or does he not realize that there's two doors in the front of the van? Like, what Thank the you. fuck is happening here? Oh. Like, it's just clumsy. They it's were going like two miles an hour to park the car too. Why would he be knocked out? It, it I mean, well, that bothered me. I thought about that a lot. Him being in the back out, of the van. Yeah, I mean, if if he was knocked out, like, okay, but you're not usually knocked out for. It's pretty rare that people are knocked out for hours, but fine. That's nitpicking, I guess. But still, he the fact that he like gets up as soon as they pull away makes me think that he's not knocked out, that he's stuck inside the van, but there's two other fucking doors. So nice. like, there's just stuff like that happened in the movie. I'm just like, uh, this is all just kind of convenient for you, and I get mm. it. And I, I feel like Farina's character, like we're supposed to infer that he comes later, and it's just kind of <laughs> edited in for the flow of the film. Yeah. He comes in saying, where is he? Where is he? And he's not exactly missing by that point. But at the same time, it's still clearly that same fucking day because he goes to the same bookie mm -hmm. uh, to the same uh, event that he was going to go to. So, yeah, if it was at the same, do one of those, if you're going to be so stylish, do a split screen so we know he's coming around the same time that that happened something. instead of just say Leo later on. Okay, that's a good point. Maybe it, it yeah. just goes so fast and it's so funny that I guess that stuff just pulls the wool over my eyes. Well, you know, in, a man, in The Man from Uncle, there was a clear. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> come on. We don't. Man, Michael. I just had to say that. Looking through his but MDB. Travis, I still I agree with what you're saying there about Benicio's yeah. character and that whole situation, but I actually, in the end, still think that Guy Ritchie tells the story well. It, you know, there's always going to be details that don't necessarily match up. And when you're in time constraints, sometimes things get rushed. But I still think that he's a solid storyteller. Solid. Not the best of the best, but he's really good at it. One of my favorite things about the writing is, like, none of the like, some of the characters like Tommy, like he's worried about the circumstances, and that's useful uh, for an audience member. But the majority of the characters are just like they're so apathetic about everything, which I think is funny in and of itself. Like Farina is like watching this horrible act of a guy getting dragged by a car, and the look on his face is like he's waiting in line at the DMV. It's like just so. Um, situational and blasé that just it just makes me laugh. You don't see that in a lot of movies where all the characters are just in their they're planted in their roots as their own characters and not mm -hmm. reacting just for the sake of doing something big because it's a movie. They're just like whatever the fuck ever. I don't give a fuck about any of this shit. <laughs> it's a very cynical movie, absolutely yeah. dripping like with cynicism. <laughs> 
I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the sequence of the, the car wreck sequence and how well that's edited and, and accomplished. Just that whole it's it's a it's almost like a climax of the movie almost <laughs> yeah. in a weird way. And the the way all of their lives intersect in that moment and the way that it's shot and the way that it's spliced together is all interesting and really well done. But it's still not the end of Boris. This guy's unkillable. So yeah, he really pushed that until he finally has to aim at his brain to blow his brain apart after he shoots him eight more times in that hallway scene, which is uh, and it says something about the unkillable Russian. Russians have a incredible resolve. I mean, I don't I don't know if that's a stereotype. I don't know where that because that does seem to be something I see in movies like World War Two, probably in the fact that they almost single handedly not single-handedly, but they, you know, yeah. they won that war in a large way and uh, and True. have a history of being very, very tough with the cold and that kind of stuff. So I mean, I it's think a, a brutal climate in some parts. Yes. Yeah, so I think Siberia gets too much press when it comes to just Russia in general. We, there's a lot of other areas besides Siberia, but yeah, yeah it's most a, people are in, in urban areas, not hanging out. Yeah. In the gulag. Minor right. detail. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't care that much. Uh, what else? Other notes here, gentlemen. Uh, do you know what porky pies are? I wrote that down. No, but Obviously, I learned that dis- disco biscuits are is ecstasy. I, I googled it. Oh, and also a band. Okay. I knew that, but I'm like, I just thought they were a band. And he's talking about disco biscuits. I'm like, oh, okay. And that guy from Train Spotting was in the movie for a second too. He gets for a real seconds? role in Train Spotting, and then he's just in there for five seconds with his head stuck in the window. Yeah, I thought that was him. I wasn't sure. I was doing great without captions until that dude came on. I was like, oh, as soon as I saw that face, I'm like, hit the kit CC button. <laughs> He's, yeah, he played Spud in Train Spotting. He definitely yeah. was hard to understand. I agree. I, I'm stupid. <laughs> well, let's wrap this up. I just rented Iron Claw for $20. I want to check this shit out tonight. <laughs> oh, is that that uh, wrestling? Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I've heard it. Okay. Right, I've heard things. I can't wait to see what you have to say about it. Uh, yeah, I think I'm done. You brought it to the table. I did. Okay, I brought it to the table. So, uh, Snatch is a film by Guy Ritchie from the year 2000. The cast is massive. I mean, Doug the Head. That guy has such a deep voice. He, I don't know who that guy is, but he's entertaining. Really? Mike is there Green? somebody on this? Oh, that's who he is? I love his okay. voice. He's got a deep. He's been through a lot of life, you can tell. <laughs> Probably smoked a lot of cigarettes. But It's an assumption. It is an assumption. Every character, almost every character, I think. They interest me. I'm curious about them. I, I guess Tyrone's a little annoying, but eh, every time I look around, I'm entertained in this film. I really am. And I love the, I do love, even if it didn't make a lot of narrative sense in terms of the linear structure of the film, I love the quick flyover from the States to England. You know, whoosh, 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 there he is. I love that stuff. That's Guy Ritchie's stuff. That's what he does. You know? Requiem for dream stuff. It's Requiem. I'm the first guy to make fun of that shit. It was, was it the same year? 2001 Requiem came out? You're saying. Ooh. Ooh. I like your style, Michael. Close. I like right. your yeah. uh, But, you know, this movie's entertaining, man. And I love the dialogue. This movie is... I should have said this earlier. It's one of the most quotable movies I grew up with. It's definitely, there was a time in 2001 at that same apartment in Knob Hill that I referenced earlier in the show where I was using Napster to download movie quotes and snatch quotes yeah. were involved with that. You know, there used to be a time when it was so hard to get just a singular MP3 of a movie quote and I, it would take hours to find it and you get false files. Oh, that's not it. You lied to me. Even though it said it was a snatch file and it wasn't. And it's still fun. Yeah, I love this movie. I do. I think I'll always love this movie. It's highly entertaining. I had not seen it in a long time, though, and I'm glad I brought it up because to me, it holds up. It's fun, entertaining, and that's all I can ask for sometimes. All right. Well, I did the research real quick, and this was technically released, um, like made available to, for, to people in 2001. Oh, okay. Rec Room was released in December oh. 2000. So this is like, uh, this is like Lumiere Brothers and, uh, you know. <laughs> Lori Dixon kind of thing. It's just, you know, sometimes it's a, it was an idea whose time had come. Uh, kids growing up on MTV now making movies. Thank you, Travis. So what to say about Snatch? I, I <laughs> like I said, I loved Lockstock growing up and I liked this. I didn't love it as much, but I liked it. And I have not seen it in so long. And I don't know, maybe I drove six hours today. I had a headache when I watched it. Maybe I wasn't in the, in the best mood for Uh-oh. it. But Oh, boy. Yeah, it's just um, I, I, like, okay, so this is one of those that 
if I want, I think that if you, if I were to recommend this in 2000, 2001, it would be a good recommendation. And I feel like if I was recommending this movie to someone who had never seen it before, it would still be a pretty good recommendation because it's an entertaining film with a great cast and interestingly shot. And there's a lot of stuff going on. And like you said, there's a lot of quotable moments and that kind of stuff. The 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 bozo heist in, in that bookie's place is <laughs> really a great scene. We should have spent more time on because it's, 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 it's really, really funny that when they oh, take man. their masks off. I mean, there's, awesome. there's, there's a lot of little vignettes like that in the film that make it memorable. But as far as a reviewing goes, for me, I can't say that it held up quite so much. Yeah. Nah. Not, it's going to be a while before I watch it again. I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't hate it. I don't think it's trash or anything. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie by any stretch. Um, but there's a reason why I hadn't watched it in a long time. It'll be a long time before I watch it again. All bets are off. That's right. That's what you do. Yeah, I spent the last 24 years just brushing Guy Ritchie off as a filmmaker. I just didn't care for it. It wasn't for me. Uh, not saying the guy didn't have talent. I'm just like, eh, those movies aren't for me. And one of the great things about this show, as I say many times when I am surprised, is being surprised, going back with an honest, open mind and taking a look at films that I dismissed earlier. And I walked out of the theater in the year 2000, probably 2001, January. Like, eh, who cares? The same for me. I don't care about the, I'm just too much. I, I can't get into this. I watched it uh, last night. And I fucking, I loved it. I loved it. This could come out today, and it hasn't aged. I don't think this movie has aged at all. Like this could come out today, and people could be convinced it's twenty twenty four movie. I was laughing out loud the entire time. I thought it was fresh. It somehow seemed fresh while still coming after Get Shorty and Out of Sight, and and all these Tarantino before you mean um, facsimiles. Yeah, I guess so. Um, did I mean, huh? No, I think you, before Get Shorty, it right? came out after those movies. What are you talking about? Snatch? Oh, Get Shorty yeah. came out in 1995, 97, I think, or 94. Oh yeah. my god, I was thinking 95, of the in 2005. Anyway, cow. I am so sorry. That's why I, I say at up. the tail end of all of these, so it should have just been like this, we're doing this again. But no, like the story is interesting. The laughs are there. It's funny. Stylistically, it worked for me. Like there's. Like, like the, the the classic massive attack shot of when they're burning the caravan, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Like it still works. I get goosebumps. It's like this. That's fucking awesome. It still works. Um, I don't know what to say. I like the the villain scared me. The characters uh, interested me. The jokes worked. The music was off the charts. I love I love this entire soundtrack. All the songs are fucking awesome. And it was smooth. I was never bored, just like Roger Ebert said. Um, yeah, I, I love this movie. I think it holds up completely. I thought it was fucking awesome. Great. There you go. Nobody's as clever as they ever think they are in this movie. That's I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, Travis. There are other little uh, set pieces that we didn't discuss as much that we could have and probably should have. But you know, that's what you get with a movie like this because yeah. there's so much going on, so many characters, and it could be discussed for hours, whether you loved it or were like, eh. Whatever. There's a lot happening. Yeah. A lot happening, folks. True. Well, there it is. We did Snatch. It's in the can. We thank you yeah. for watching and listening. I will tell you guys, uh, Travis is going to give us his pick for next week. I've got, we got several people that are really jonesing to come on this show who love oh, this okay. show. Uh, okay. Robbie, remember our friend Robbie who did Fast and Furious? He's mm. constantly telling me he wants to come back. He wants another shot. So that's one example. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, Christian brought up uh, he wanted to come out in March. Is that still something we're planning on doing, too? Uh, I don't know. But we might have a few guests coming up here in the next few months, including us. All right. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's been a while since we had some guests on. It has. Uh, Usually we do it when there's one of us missing, which is uh, (laughs) nice. We start getting four voices in here. It gets kind of crowded. That is part of it, I think. But, uh, yeah, we should have 2024. We're Got a lot of year left. Let's get some. Let's get some guests back in here. Some beloved guests. But it they is my movies. turn next. Yeah, we do. It is my my turn next week. And you know, um, we passed a grim milestone recently that I believe we talked about probably in our text thread, but we didn't talk about it on the show. Um, the ten year anniversary of the death of Philip Seymour Hoffman was February second. 
oh. of this year. And yeah. uh, I've been thinking for a while about uh, wanting to do something to kind of commemorate that and him. And there's so many movies that he's done. So I was like, well, what movie could I possibly pick that doesn't hold up? You know, bring it, and or that there's any question that it could hold up. So I Got thought, well, maybe I'll crossed. get something that's I'll get something. Well, hang on, I would uncross them because um, <laughs> I thought <laughs> I'll get something that may, you know is not such a beloved classic necessarily. Because at first I was like, well, should I get Love Liza? Because that's one that a lot of us fell in love with. Yeah! But it's, it's, it's an obvious it's... choice. I know it holds up. So or good. maybe you know maybe I do like Jack Goes Boating because he directed it, or oh. maybe I do like one of the big films that that he's known for. But I thought I think the best way to honor him is to pick a, a one of his more obscure films because <gasps> as as far as I know, he, when asked what he thought his best performance was, it was the a film from, from 2012. Yes, called A Late Quartet <gasps> with oh. Christopher oh. Walken and Catherine Keener. So that's on Amazon Prime right now, and that will be our film for next week. Okay. What were you thinking I was going to say, Eric? The Master. Yeah, I've thought about that one for a long time, but uh, we're going to go with uh, his personal favorite of his, a late quartet. I thought we were going to go with uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. There's there's a lot of options, and uh, we could, we could have gone with them. And, and yeah, I'm I'm going with your retrospective. Of a well, what, yeah. let's we'll rewatch all of those and we talk should. about yeah. them. Yeah. Actually, not? we yeah. totally should. I'm totally retrospective. Down for that. Yeah. Absolutely, you guys pick those for sure. And I'll love PCH. Let's just turn this into a whole fucking Philip Seymour Hoffman podcast. As far as I'm concerned, I'd be very happy. I would think. But I thought also by picking a late quartet, it might drive some traffic yeah. that way. Never seen it. Movie. I'm excited. That I don't really hear people talking about it. And I think it was you guys talking about Christopher Walken becoming a parody of himself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, not in this Eric, film. Eric, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not in this film. I can't wait. I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm excited. Right. I don't remember if I ever fired it up or not. I'm I'm hazy, which is unusual. You, usually I either know I saw it or I didn't. So. Yeah, so that, it's... So many to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be funny if you chose Son of a Woman and he's hard. I almost watched it. Flawless <laughs> last night, but I'm like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's not good. Oh, his performance is good. I don't know that the movie is. But. Well, I'm excited. Good call, right. Travis. Cool. I can't wait to dive into this. And we can't wait to be back next week. Thanks, everybody. Cinemanipod.gmail.com. For Eric, Travis, I'm Michael. We will now say adieu. London, fish and chips, cup of tea, fish food, better. <laughs>